Welcome to the most must-see podcast of all time. Welcome to Good Friends. Better Enemies. That's right, baby. Good Friends, but Better Enemies. I'm Mike, along here with my good buddy Mark, and we are about to break down WrestleMania 8. Mark, why are we breaking down WrestleMania 8? Because for some reason, it's one of your favorites. <laughs> and I'm still trying to... I was watching it yesterday, and I'm still trying to figure out why. Well... You know, the question gets asked a lot as to why I'm so moronic when it comes to what pay-per-views I like, what wrestlers <laughs> I like. It's just, it's something that I can't help, man. This is a nostalgic pay-per-view for me. Is it good by any sense of the stretch of the imagination? Yes and no. But overall, it, it's not a great WrestleMania. But why it's good is it's a transitional WrestleMania. Um, and I, I don't think I've mentioned that to you yet before this moment it's a transitional WrestleMania for a lot of different reasons. They're really starting to realize that the allure of Hogan and Macho are starting to fade out. Flair's gone at the end of this year, so they're they're not going to have him around much longer. So they got to build new guys. So what do they start doing? They start testing the waters with guys like Bret Hart as a singles competitor, Shawn Michaels as a singles competitor. Um, you know, Owen Hart's in the mix in this one. Um, there's guys that they're really starting to realize. Who's going to be our next star? And that's where I really think that this one comes into play is this WrestleMania is a WrestleMania of the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the sunset and the sun rising, essentially. And that's why I like this WrestleMania when you think about it. Um, you know, it took place April 5th, 1992. Uh, in the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis, Indiana, which is actually fun fact, it was the most uh, rounded up rednecks in one area for one specific <laughs> sit down session. Yeah, um, I'm watching the crowd, and it's just a sea of bowl cuts and mullets and big hair with the hoop <coughs> earrings. <laughs> hoop earrings. You have starter jackets galore. The starter jacket is <laughs> in full form. <laughs> the starter. The starter jackets are out tonight. Come on, they're all wearing windbreakers and those hat and the little baseball hats. Amazing. If you had to guess, which starter jacket was presented the most at this WrestleMania? Oh, I don't know. I just know <laughs> that back in the day, yeah, I owned a Hornet starter jacket. That's a terrible one, man. I Come on. if this, I could, what's up? I didn't buy. I didn't pick it out. I <laughs> okay. didn't buy it. It right. was bought for me. And you know what? It kept. You know what? That wind didn't stand a chance when I wore this thing. So. Okay. Oh, I don't think anybody actually bought themselves a starter jacket. I think they were always gifted. <laughs> but you ever seen that picture? The whole family has all the stuff. The whole oh God. windbreaker um, uniform. It's amazing. <laughs> the quarter zip fucking. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so some quick facts about this one. Uh, there's 62,000 in attendance. 62,167 to be exact. Uh, the buy rates are severely down, and they progressively go drop from WrestleMania five. WrestleMania 5, as we know, the Mega Powers explode. Hogan Macho Man, 767,000 buys. That's big. Now, the following year, WrestleMania 6, which would be surprising to a lot of people, down 550,000 buys. Then the year after that, WrestleMania 7, another big one. Ultimate Warriors farewell match. You have Hulk Hogan versus Sergeant Slaughter. That was a huge storyline at the time. I cannot wait to talk about WrestleMania 7. 400,000 buys, another decrease. And now here we are, WrestleMania 8, <clears throat> a fourth consecutive decrease, 360,000 buys. The company is definitely noticing that things are not the way that they were at one point. Hulk Hogan can't, uh, can't get all those pay-per-view buys the way he once did. And I think that's one of the reasons they let him go to WCW is because they just knew that he wasn't bringing in the money that he at once at one point did. I don't even think he brought in the money in WCW until 96 when he turned. Yeah, well, when he went to WCW, he was getting booed. Yeah. He was not the huge mega star he was in WWE. No, and, and people were ripping him to shreds over it, you yeah. know? Yep. So, yeah, I mean, it's just it's very interesting to see how things were different. So, a couple quick facts about this pay-per-view before we break down the match card. Um, it, it was the first WrestleMania since 3 to be in a dome, and it was the last up until WrestleMania 17 to be in a dome. So, very interesting, very big crowd again at WrestleMania, which we're used to nowadays. But for a very long stretch, we had, you know, a small 20,000 arena stadium, uh, Madison Square Garden, um, 
trying to think of the one in Chicago. The Boston uh, Garden uh, was home to WrestleMania. I mean, some smaller arenas, but still big arenas for a wrestling show, I guess you could say. And yes, it is a very lackluster card um, in terms of for WrestleMania, but it's big for a couple different reasons. Last major Hulk Hogan WrestleMania. Yes, he's at nine. Yes, he wins the title at nine. And when we talk about nine, there's a lot of stuff that I want to go into there. But this is the last major WrestleMania that features Hulk Hogan, you know, and this is big. Last major Macho Man at WrestleMania. Yes, he's the commentator at nine and he's at 10 in a very weak match. But this is it for again, for a highlight, uh, like a top tier Macho Man match. The only Ric Flair um, prime WrestleMania after this, it's all old man Flair. And again, like we've said before, the company's really starting to get younger. Um, and you can really see that they're testing the waters with a lot of talent. Um, and another cool tidbit, the first and only WrestleMania that featured Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon, the goats of commentary for throughout the entire pay-per-view. It was Gorilla and uh, Bobby start to finish. Usually Bobby would have to go do a couple matches as manager. This was them from start to finish, and it was the last WrestleMania for the for Gorilla, uh, sadly enough. So, Mark, anything you want to say before we really dive into WrestleMania here? Uh, yeah, I was a little upset that they didn't do the whole the Hogan versus Flair dream match that we never got up until this point, and I think that was on the card. They were setting up for it. It was, and and both of them. I don't know if it was Hogan that wouldn't job to Flair or Flair wouldn't job to Hogan. It was something like that, but I don't think uh, Hogan wanted to lay down for Flair. And that was it. They just nixed it, and we got we got two good uh, main events instead. But, man, that, that dream match would have been huge. I think the buy rate definitely would have been higher if they would have given us that. So I will say that the buy rate probably would have popped up a little bit, but would the match quality have been what we got? And that's the big question, and that's what we're going to break down as we go through the pay-per-view. Um, so let's get into it. Let's open it up with, the uh, the obviously, the opening match. Shawn Michaels with Sherry Martel versus Tito Santana El Matador. Um, solid opening match. Um, Mark, this is, I think you said this is your favorite Shawn Michaels theme song. Uh, you oh. love you love hearing it while you take a bat, uh, like you take a, a nice number two. Uh, it helps what get everything terrible, moving. <laughs> what a terrible version of his theme. I much prefer the Sean singing version. Okay. So you had mentioned this before. You think that they did this kind of as like a, uh, like, hey, you're heel. Let's really get the heat behind you and make your, your song as obnoxious as we can. Yeah, I think they were doing that on purpose to really get underneath your skin. Because when I'm listening to it, I'm like, oh, I, I can't, <laughs> I, I can't stand this guy already. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And again, he's pompous. He's arrogant. And they even go as far as Bobby Heenan doing the whole Shawn Michaels has left the building thing with oh, him. The... It's so good, though, because it really builds up this this Shawn Michaels is bigger than big, you know, and he's not even there yet. It's not even close. It's crazy to see what they saw in him before they even give it to us. Does that make sense? No. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Okay. All right, so the match starts out, um, you know, uh, oh, my God, Tito Santana greets his sister, Ariba McIntyre, in the ring. Uh, she had a nice rendition of the, uh, you know, the national anthem. Um, it was a solid match, though, to be honest with you. this uh, It was a good workers match. Let's put it that way. These are two great workers in the ring. Shawn Michaels is really starting his craft. Still doesn't do the sweet chin music, as we know and love today. He had yeah. the side suplex as his uh, his finisher then. Oh, they were calling it the the crest. He does hit sweet chin, but he called it the crescent, the crescent kick. kick. Right. Um, and if you look, they were really trying to figure out what they had in Michaels at this time, which is why I felt like they put him with guys like Tito Santana. Um, he'll eventually go on to feud with Bret Hart and stuff like that. But Tito, I felt, was such a good worker. He could help these guys in the ring, especially younger guys like Michaels, really hone their craft, sell for Michaels when he wanted to. But Michaels would could also sell for Tito at the same time. Um, later on down the line, you're going to have Michaels beating Bulldog for the IC title. Which personally, I kind of thought was bullshit because it's like Brett wouldn't drop the IC title to Michaels. He had to drop it to his brother-in-law in London, and then British Bulldog then drops it to Michaels. And we're already starting to see that stinginess in Brett Hart, 
and we're not even in the prime years of Bret Hart yet. Not even close. No. All right, so this match, what would you give it? What do you have to say about it? I wasn't a fan of it at all. I gave it a one out of five. One out of five, okay. Yeah, I I really didn't like it at all. Uh, Amazing selling by Shawn Michaels, by the way. Okay. And and another good thing I would say is Tito was kind of wrestling like later Shawn Michaels. He hit the flying forearm. He hit the uh, he hit the flying crossbody. He was doing some things, but overall, man, I was really let down by both of them because they're both amazing. Okay, and they weren't they weren't really doing much here. Sean really didn't do anything in this match. So I get what you're saying, but you got to realize Michaels is working as a heel right now, and he's working as a young heel. He's not even working as a veteran heel, so he's just getting his feet wet as far as he's just come off doing the the Marty Jannetty heel turn, keep in mind, and that's going to lead to a big, big payoff at Royal Rumble, keep in mind, and WrestleMania 9. Um, But again, this is Michaels really just getting into the mix of starting off as a heel. And I, while I do agree with you, I liked the way that Michaels was working a slower paced match. Tito was more of the quicker paced and trying to get Michaels up to that level. But Michaels trying to slow down the match as a heel would do. Um, you can definitely I, see the influence Tito had on Sean. I was going to say, you can easily see that, that, you know, that Texas Southern, you know, that, that weird, I don't even know what to call it, but Tito definitely had some type of influences on him. And we obviously know that Jose Lothario trained Michaels as well. And all of that Southern Texas style um, coming out with Michaels as his career progressed. Uh, so I gave the match a three out of five stars. I felt, you know, middle of the road. We, I'm, we're, we've discussed that we're not doing half stars. So I was like, was it a two-star match? No. Was it a Three-star match, no, but I felt it was more of a three-star match than a two-star match, if that even makes sense. Um, all right, let's uh, let's do the next match. Uh, hold on, let me get it up I here. Wanna... Go ahead. You got something to say? Yeah, I want to talk about the LOD uh, promo. That was after the... this? That was right after this, yeah. Okay. They come out to a huge pop, cut an yes. intense promo, which I miss. I really miss these kind of promos, like... They're a little goofy or whatever, but I really miss when the guys used to scream and they would be intense. I was going to say a very, very revved up intense promo. Yeah, their faces are red. They're <laughs> screaming, popping their lungs. I love, I miss that shit, man. No, agreed. Um, it was a solid promo. I love that all three of them got their words in. I, f- I don't remember why. I remember reading why they weren't on the card. Um, yeah, I was really upset. Why didn't they have a match? I, I'll have to look into that again, and I apologize for not being prepped that much uh, for this. But I know that there was a specific reason that they didn't wrestle on WrestleMania. Uh, they did do SummerSlam in London, though. And that, man, that is probably easily one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time. Their entrance into SummerSlam 92 was so fucking insane. On the bikes. At the motorcycles? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Oh, man. All right. Let's, uh, let's go into the next match. Uh, this yeah. is an interesting one. This is Undertaker versus Jake Roberts. I'll let you speak because I have a couple things that I would like to say. Not much, but I want to hear what you think about this match. I'm curious. Uh, I love the the Jake promo before the match. Okay, great heel, great heel promo. Jake doing what he does best. Uh, I didn't like the match at all, though. I also gave this a one out of five. Okay. Um, I thought the un- the Undertaker literally just hit him with throw thrust. And it was, like, really not a lot of wrestling going on here. Um, the ending, to me, was just, like, a what-the-fuck moment. <laughs> oh, also, that's another thing I want to say about the Tito-Shawn Michaels match. I didn't, mention the, I didn't mention that botched ending. Yeah. I feel he like goes, it was... Go ahead. What was that about? So, like, he goes to body... He goes, like, to body slam Michaels, and Michaels lands on top of him, and he just lays down for the, the pin. And I was like, that was the weakest ending I've ever seen. There's definitely some botched and screwy endings in this pay-per-view abound. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Then The Undertaker tombstones Jake outside the ring and then rolls him back in the ring and pins him. I was just like, what is just an awful match, man? I, I didn't think it was good at all. Um, The ending is odd because obviously you have to pin him in the ring. But I think what they wanted to kind of portray was how brutal the undertaker could be and he's tombstoning him this is such a uh you know a devastating move on the outside and then jake hitting you know he hits two ddts i think mm-hmm. then, then he gets undertaker down undertaker lays down for like what seems like three minutes 
and then just and sits instead, up. It, instead of pinning him, he goes after Paul Bearer randomly for no reason. It just didn't make any sense. It was like, what is going on here? No, and again, it was uh, a very odd layout for this match. Um, I, I just also... I, ex- I expect more at all. I expect more out of all these guys, you know. But but then once again, in the defense of the Undertaker, this is pretty much how his matches went at the time. So I was literally just gonna say I gave the match one star. Also, just to to throw that out there, uh, so we're on the same page there. If you go back, man, you look at Undertaker's earlier matches. It is so weird to see them and think, man, he's gonna have a hell of a run, you know. And you look back at what his his landscape of wrestling was. He was very limited back then. And I don't know if that was him or if that was, hey, listen, dude, you're a dead guy. Like, you can't do much. <laughs> but he was really muted as far as what his level of capabilities that we know he had. He, We know he had this capability in him the whole time. So I'm thinking they hindered him. To a degree. I mean, he did hit uh, Star, uh, the, my favorite moment of the match is when he hit Jake with that beautiful uh, flying clothesline. I know. and that's, That was the best part. He's always been doing that, and that's one of my favorite moves of Undertaker is that because it's like it's a flying clothesline, but he like front flips as he does it. Yeah. It, he's, really agile big man. I was going to say he's easily one of my favorite agile big men. And again, I'm not a fan of The Undertaker, and I feel like I've said that a couple times, but I respect the fuck out of him. And he has had some solid in-ring ability and just matches in general. This is Undertaker's only second WrestleMania match. Now, keep in mind, it's also his second tied for his second shortest match of WrestleMania. He had the it was literally the same exact time uh, King Kong Bundy. Um, I think this was like 618 or something like that. And then his shortest match was the year prior with Jimmy Snuka, four minutes and 20 seconds. I think what they were doing now was feeding him to exiting uh, legends, we'll call them, because Snuka was gone after he faced Undertaker. Jake was gone after this WrestleMania. Um, He left shortly after he came back at WrestleMania 12 with like some weird reformed Jesus character. It was fucking odd. But they almost made it seem like Undertaker is sending these guys out and they're feeding them to the Undertaker to build up what we know as the Undertaker now. Um, But again, there's nothing special to showcase in this match. And it was just hard to watch him back then as to know what he is now. And that's that's really what I have to say. That's why I said in the last part, it, it took him years to get there. But his later matches are much, much better. Yes, without a doubt. All right, let's uh, let's go to match three. Uh, before we get to the match itself, I want to talk about the promo that these two had. Um, this is Roddy Piper versus Bret Hart for the Intercontinental title. And we were talking about this before we started recording. It's great to see these pre-match promos between the guys. This one was an, uh, a rare one where they were both in the same promo area together doing the promo together. Usually it would be one guy does his promo, then they cut to the other guy doing his promo. Um, what did you think of this promo altogether? And I know I've said I thought, promo about 40 times, but I loved it. I, I thought Piper was great. Piper doing what he does best. He won't shut the fuck up. He's just, <laughs> he's, just he's like, but he's like teasing Brett. He's not, he's not like, you know, he's not intense. He's in a joking around mood. You know, this is when they were like, uh, doing the whole cousin storyline, right? We're cousins and all that. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they like grew up together. God damn it. My mic is all over the place. Sorry guys. Yeah. So he's, so he's doing the, the whole cousin thing, talking about his, you know, Martha Hart making the uh, sandwiches, right? Mm hmm. But they were poor, so she could only put one piece of bologna on the sandwich. But that's okay. I, I, that's I okay. Two, I got two pieces of bologna. You got one or some <laughs> shit like that. And oh. then Brett just like, I don't know. He's just so stiff here. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't know. I just didn't like Brett here. I was like, hey, he could have did a little more than what he did. He's just like, don't touch me. So yeah. this is actually a fun fact. I don't know if you know this or anybody knows this. I'm sure there are people that know it. Regardless. Brett actually started wearing the sunglasses because he was doing so bad in promos. And I believe Neidhart told him to wear the glasses so that his eyes wouldn't wander and it would make his promos a little bit more intense. Brett never really cut a great promo until he went heel in 97. I agree. And that was the downfall of Brett Hart was his promo skills. They were atrocious. They weren't even like bad. They were atrocious. <laughs> Thank God he was as good as he was in the ring because that son of a bitch couldn't do anything else. Very true. Oh my God. So 
The Bret Hart uh, versus what's that? I'm sorry. I was just going to talk about oh, when they get in the ring. <laughs> One of my favorite moments. They get in the ring. They're face to face. Heenan says, two ugly people looking at each other. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> the one line is oh throughout this pay-per-view were the star of the show. Absolutely in my incredible. Bobby is on point on this pay-per-view. And 92 Bobby is just incredible Bobby. It, we, yeah, 92 amazing. Rumble Bobby Heaton is probably one of my favorite bits of commentary work I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> so It was so good. He has so many good one-liners in this throughout this WrestleMania. Oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah. So, the match... I gave it four stars. Why didn't I give it five stars? Because, again, we're, I, I really don't want to just throw five-star matches out there because it's going to be really tough for me to give a five-star match. And I don't want to say, sound like Dave Meltzer, but I feel like a five-star match has to be earned. This is still a solid, solid, above-average match, which is why I got – this would be a four-and-a-half-star match, but we don't do half-stars. Oh, guys, just do half-stars. No, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, stick to your guns. Stick Michael. to your guns. <laughs> I gave it a five. I Did gave you? it a five star. Okay. Yeah, I, I loved it. I thought I thought it was, actually this was the match of the night. Mm. So I loved it. I thought Brett was great. I thought Piper was great. Yes. Um I loved I loved that ending. Yes. I I who who's done that before? No, but well that, that so here's my problem with it. This is one of the greatest endings to a match I've ever seen, but then they've used it time and time and no, time he does again. It again after. And, 96 to Austin. Yeah, and he does but, it again to his brother at WrestleMania 10. Right, but before that, this was the first time I think you saw that, an ending like this. Uh, yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, you know, he does the fake shoulder injury. He tries to roll a Piper and all that shit. I mean, really. And you know what? Piper's really intense in this match. Piper was always intense, man. Piper he, is one of my favorites of all time. He busts Brett open in this match, something I was not expecting. So, interestingly enough, I have a little tidbit about that. Both Brett and Flair bladed at this pay-per-view when they had a no-blood um, contingency during this time period. Brett didn't get fined for his blade job because apparently he was a little bit more discreet about it. Flair got fined because he bladed, and it was like on the, in the open, like you saw him blading. So, I found that to be a little interesting tidbit there. I thought it was cool, man. Especially for that time, I was like, "Wow, I'm not expecting that." No, all. no, it was a, it was a great addition to. It didn't need it in the match, but it added to it because you could tell that this was a nice feud going on. You know, I I really enjoyed it. I thought I thought it was the match of the night. Like I said, great. Agreed. And actually, funny enough, you said that. I was actually at the end. I was going to say, "What was your match of the night?" Because I think that that's something we should probably do if we're going to do pay per views like this. This, but this is it. Yeah, I was going to say for me, it was the same thing. It was match of the night for me as well, without a doubt. Um, Piper took a, a little bit of a hiatus after this WrestleMania, and I feel like this was kind of his passing the torch to Brett, almost passing the Intercontinental title, which to me at this time was almost, if not more important than the WWF title. Um, that Intercontinental title it meant a lot to a lot of guys um, because they would refer to it as the workers title. You know, guys, you know, certain guys had the Intercontinental title but never got to the WWF title. And certain guys had the WWF title, but Hulk Hogan was never going to be the Intercontinental champion. But Macho Man sure as hell was. Bret Hart was. Shawn Michaels was. Ultimate Warrior was even a yeah, champion. which was weird because when you think of the workers' title, it's like the Warrior does not mix in that well. But yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Um. So again, we said amazing finish. Uh, we talked about the blade job, and I did love the show of respect at the end of the match. That was something Great. that I always loved seeing because I felt like it was never overused, and when they do use it, it fits. It's something that I feel WWE does very well. I'm just, a, you know, I'm a huge Piper fan. I love Piper, so uh, yeah. I, I think this is like him. Like, if I'm going to, like, if somebody said, hey, what match are you going to pick to show me how great Piper is? I this match. This. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, that's and that. we see the debut of uh, Lex Luger. Well, the first, like, sighting of Lex Luger. I was going to say, yeah, we have after, the, it's after this match, correct? Yeah, like right after it. Yeah, so Bobby does his little shtick, and they do the quick interview with uh, Lex Luger, who's just literally ripping to pieces Gorilla Monsoon and <laughs> the so the world bodybuilding competition, like everything. And it's just Lex Luger in his glory. And I really wish that they did something better with Lex Luger because they really dropped the ball on him, too. 
We didn't talk about him last uh, last episode, the misused talent episode. You didn't like what they did with him in '94. I thought they gave him a nice push. What the whole American thing in the Lex Express? Well, he. Well, I think the problem was with him is they were trying to get a Hulk Hogan out of Lex Luger, and he's not Hulk Hogan. No, no. There's I... only one Hogan. I, I'm not. A, I'm not a huge Hogan fan, but nobody's gonna measure up to that. You know, he was huge at a time when wrestling was like you know, like superheroes, and people bought it. You know what I mean? So Lex Luger, they were trying to get that again, recapture that magic. You know, it's not going to happen. No, it, it's one of those things where you try to catch lightning in a bottle twice, and it's very difficult. But I thought, well, what they gave him, I thought he was pretty good. I mean, he has the thing with Brett, right? Yokozuna? Yeah, but I mean, I think we talked about this at the WrestleMania 10. Yeah, because we were talking about uh, our first pay-per-view was uh, our first pay-per-view. Our first episode was uh, Royal Rumble 94. I can't yeah. plug that in, baby. Um. And that that really just showed, um, you know, how misused he was because I don't know, I'm not getting into Royal Rumble 94 and WrestleMania 10. But anyways, yeah, it was Lex Luger was he was fed. Um, sorry, I'm talking to my girlfriend about our dog who was fed. Um, all right. Next match on the card. Oh, my God. Was this a fucking train wreck? Eight man, eight man tag. You have Big Boss Man, Virgil, Sergeant Slaughter, and Jim Duggan versus the Nasty Boys, Repo Man, and the Mountie. Separately, there's about six or seven of my favorite guys in this match. This is the worst shit I ever saw in my life. This, oh, I, really, what? Really, it was awful, man. It was I love so this awful. Match. The best part of this match was the opening with uh the with Ray session. Combs. <laughs> what? The roast session. Oh my god. Dude, Ray Combs roasting all of the four heels was so good. <laughs> like Ray Combs like, you know, I heard that they there's only one brain between the two of them. And when he says uh he does the work of three men, Larry Curly <laughs> and Mo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I this love that. This is when uh during this match is when Heenan announces Shawn Michaels has left, left the, the building. building. Yeah, and because Gorilla Monsoon says it's a shame he didn't take you with him. <laughs> <laughs> the whole night they just drop it. <laughs> Love it. I gave this match zero stars because it just really yeah, man, it was nothing. It was a, it was a way to get eight guys on the card. Like, you put Virgil in here for the love of fucking Christ. Virgil was good then. Fuck you. He was not. I gave this a two out of five. No, you didn't. I did. I gave this a two out of five. I had a lot of fun with this match. You, you, okay, listen to me. I am Mr. Fun. You know that. I am all about, like, You're not fun at all. No, no, no. You are like, dude, how could you give this match this? How do you like that match? Because it was fun, Mark. It was bad. Dude, the boss man was awesome in this match. Ted DiBiase was awesome. Ted DiBiase wasn't in this match. I'm sorry. I meant uh, Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> I don't know why I said Ted DiBiase. Sorry. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter was awesome in this match. Yeah. I mean, all the faces put on a great performance. Listen, yeah, the faces did what they were supposed to do. They went out there and they whooped the shit out of four heels. And again, those four heels, three of them are my favorite heels. Some of my favorite heels ever. I love the Nasty Boys. I fucking love the Nasty Boys. Granted, they were there only because they were, you know, riding Hogan's dick, but it doesn't matter. They were amazing heel tag teams, especially when they had Jimmy Hart with them. I actually thought Virgil was pretty good in this match. I, I was like, wow, for once he's earning a paycheck. <laughs> he still he's probably in- tried to scalp fucking money out of uh, fucking fans <laughs> afterwards and find somewhere to sleep. Yeah, dude, he was hitting nice drop kicks in this. He was on the top rope. I mean, he was doing some good stuff in here. He was very agile. I will give him yeah. that. But the man is just, he thinks he's the next reincarnation of Hulk Hogan, and I can't stand it. Come on. I mean, his delusion shouldn't take away from he was a decent worker in the ring at the time. I'll give it to you. I'll, I'll, I'll allow it for now. He is the delusional bastard. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that's that's putting it lightly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything um, else? Oh, nothing to say about that. Are you sure? Uh, I just said, you know, Boss Man dominated the match and yeah. Slaughter showed that he could still go. And he didn't go much after this. So this. No, I, I, that's what I'm saying. Another, another awesome yeah. icon on his way out. Another awesome legend. I think this was honestly more of a uh, a way of getting eight guys their last hurrah at WrestleMania, to be honest with you, because I don't think we saw much of anything after this from any of these guys. Um, Yeah, so. There you go. I gave it zero. Mark gave it two. That's probably a first for me. So next match is 
probably if if Piper Flair if Piper Flair if Piper Hart didn't happen, this was match of the night without a doubt. Um, 100%. and it is the last good match on the pay per view. <laughs> I I was gonna say this is my second favorite match of the night. I also gave this a five out of five stars. I gave it four. Uh, I love this match very much. Flair, uh, awesome performance by Flair. Actually, I liked Flair in this match over Macho Man, and I'm a huge Macho Man. I am a huge fan of both of these guys. If you have a, um, oh my God, I can't think of the word, the fucking Mount Rushmore of wrestling. Yeah. You can argue a lot of people on there, but I feel like many people are going to have Flair and Macho on their, um, on their Mount Rushmore. Uh, like personally, I love Macho Man over Hogan, but uh, most people are going to put Hogan above Macho Man. I know, I know, but I, I feel like if you're talking about what they did for the business, you have to put Hogan there. If you're talking about your like ring work, ring yes, quality, yeah, uh, Macho Man, hundred percent. I know, and it's so tough because when you talk about wrestlers, when you talk about wrestling. There are so many different categories. Who was the best on the mic? Who was the best in the ring? Who was the best seller? Who, you know, who was the best uh, promotional aspect? Like Stone Cold can probably fill almost every category, for, yeah. to be honest, if we're because, yes, we are Stone Cold and, fans, yeah. but yeah. we can honestly admit that Stone Cold checked every single box. And I think yeah. he's one of the first, if not only, that could check every single box. Ric Flair is probably there, too. Checking- yeah, of that's amazing. Yeah. I don't think Macho did as much for the business as they wanted him to, but he was still so amazing, but he was just behind Hogan as far as star power. Well, that's the problem. He was there when Hogan was at his I know. his apex at you know at the top. So it's kind of hard for you to shine. You know what I mean? I when know. you got Hogan and I mean, they tried to give Macho his moment, but Hogan still had to take over the spotlight of WrestleMania four. And then they couldn't give Macho Man the spotlight at five. They had to give it back to Hogan. It was just it's so shitty when you think about it. All right. This match. So you gave it five. I gave it four. Um, yes, the match became very haphazard towards the end. But the storytelling that these guys did during this match was absolutely out of this world. Incredible. Like, yeah, I, th- I love Everything about it and like the whole thing time about like Bobby Heenan always looking up into the rafters and girls like, what are you looking for? He's like, I'm looking for those giant posters of Elizabeth. <laughs> it's great. Everything was great. Everything about this match is great. Yeah. I could have did without the Mr. Perfect running and all that stuff, but whatever. Yeah, well, know? that was his manager at the time. I mean, obviously, I yeah, I know what you're saying, but yes. And that's where I'm saying. That's really where the match got haphazard with the, the weird ending. Um the only reason, let me just state this. The only reason that Flair was, excuse me, the only reason Flair was able to lay his lips on Miss Elizabeth <laughs> at the end of this match is because Macho was done with her. They were in the middle of a divorce. If they were still married, Macho would never in a million years have signed off on his wife kissing Ric Flair. I, that's what I was thinking. You know, when he goes after him, they have the brawl at the end. Yeah. I, I, you think that was a shoot? I think Macho Man was actually, <laughs> I think Macho Man actually was getting a couple real hits in there. Funny what enough, that scene, I think, is actually the first on-air presence of Shane McMahon. Yeah, I yeah. was going to say that too. Yep. Young Shane looks like he's 15 or 16 here. Now he looks like he's 60. Yeah. Oh my well, God. All right. What happens? So I said this also about the match. I know that everybody wanted Flair versus Hogan. And yes, on paper, that was the money match. But could you imagine sacrificing the level of of workmanship in this match for a Hogan Flair match? Yeah, because I would have rather had the Hogan. And I'm not saying I prefer Hogan over Macho Man. Okay. Just because I think Flair was on his way out of the company going to WCW yeah. after this, right? Yeah. So Hogan and Flair never faced. Nope. And well, they two, did on like you know they did it like live events and shit, but they didn't do it on like. TV you know what I mean? No, like, no, no, I agree. Yeah, they never, they never had a big showdown, so this was the time to have it. Like, uh, Flair's leaving. Yep. And this is like okay, let's have this big, huge send off for Flair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for some reason, they just couldn't do business together, and I'm you know I'm glad that Macho Man came in Hogan's place. But I would have much rather had Hogan just for the marquee value of the the match. I agree. Flair versus Hogan. That's what and, I'm saying. And, you know, and then you could have had you could have had Flair versus Macho Man at another time you know, at, before this. Well, I mean, Flair and Macho Man were essentially doing their rivalry all throughout the summer. 
Um, That's what I mean. Yeah, you could have continued that another time. And yeah, I agree with you. As far as a money standpoint and on paper, your big main event is Hogan Flair. I agree with you completely on that, without a doubt. All right. Okay, let's start taking a turn for the worst here. Oh, my God God is right. (laughs) Um, The next match, this one's a little interesting. You have Rick Martel versus Tatanka. Now, this one's interesting for a couple reasons. I personally think Rick Martel is one of the most underrated workers in WWF history. I also think that Tatanka was a huge pile of shit. Um, you don't like Tatanka? He fell flat from the moment he started, and I think his gimmick hindered him severely. I don't think he was ever able to get off and just start taking off because of his gimmick. It's a very handcuffing Dis- gimmick. Disagree. disagree with you. Go ahead. I'm listening. He's one of the most over guys of the new generation era. I mean, he's huge. Is he's he? getting huge ovations. Yeah. Go watch the match. Go watch whenever he comes out. Not, not that, you know, he was one of those guys that didn't really need a title. Okay, I'll give you that. My thing was, so let me reiterate this. His gimmick hindered him from going higher places. Let me put it that way. All right, I, I yeah, but I don't think he was ever going to be heavy, you know, world champion. I'm not saying world champion, but he could have easily been a solid. I and I'm again, I'm probably going to get shit for this, but I'm pretty sure he won the Intercontinental Title at least once. Um, I could be wrong. I'll look it up really quickly. Um, but I, I just think he could have been more had he, even when he turned heel, he still stayed as Tatanka as a heel. It was very yeah. weird. He's, uh, he's one of those guys though, that when I talk about the new generation era with people, if I say the word Tatanka, they go, oh yeah, I remember him. He was all like, they, people know who he was. He was, he was a big guy at the time. So for the record, fun fact, I met him big fucking dude. And I, when I mean big dude, like he was a, I mean, granted I was a kid at the time, but he Tommy was a sock to his face. What? Um, did you tell him that he sucked? I told him that if he ever wanted to, I would suck his dick within a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> as long as he screamed while I did it. Aye! Oh, yeah. Uh, he never won anything in WWF except for a Slammy Award. But he's one of those guys that was like he was over without the titles. He didn't need anything. Listen, I'm not disagreeing with that aspect. Again, and I'm reiterating and I sound like a broken record. I just feel like this gimmick, keeping it the entire time... He literally just never was going to go anywhere, unfortunately. And he even said to, because I remember him and my dad talking, because my dad, my uncle um, at the time owned, or he was a photographer for an independent wrestling promotion. Um, and Tatanka was doing one of the matches for one of them at one night. It was Tatanka and Jim the Anvil Nightheart were there, who were the big guys from WWF and Marty Jannetty. Man, let me tell you, Marty Jannetty was so drugged up at this event that they couldn't get him out of his locker room. He was passed out. That's fucking Mar- every time I've gone to see Marty Janetti, and it's about three times now. He's either so drugged up he can't perform, or he's so drugged up that when he comes out, it's a haphazard mess. That's the Marty I want to be. Oh my god, Marty Janetti, man, what a piece <laughs> of work! So Tatanka and my father are talking, and uh, I remember him saying how. Tatanka kept going to Vince and saying, listen, can I drop the red hair dye? Can I drop the Indian gimmick? And Vince wouldn't let it. He wouldn't let him do it. I I think it's because it was so over. Yes, but at the same time, how many people are you going to hinder from, what's the word I'm looking for, creative growth because you have a vision for them? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, but think think about the time. He didn't have a lot of guys that were that over at the time. So he, if he, if Tatanka changes his gimmick, it doesn't go over. Now he loses a huge baby face. Okay, but he he turned Tatanka heel anyways. Yeah, later on. That's fine. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like, let Tatanka change his shit up as he's a heel. He did it with Cody. Cody yeah, left. As a heel, I could, I could definitely see him doing that. As yeah. a heel, yeah. And then what happens is, as a heel, you transitioned into this different character, sort of, and then you can convert back to a baby face using the same newer styled gimmick. Yeah. Again, I'm not. We're going on and on about Tatanka, but regardless, this was his uh, his pay per view debut. Great first opponent for Tatanka, to be honest with you, because again, Rick Martel's an amazing worker, and if there's anybody you're going to be in the ring with, it's going to be Rick Martel, and especially at this time period. But again, there's really nothing special about it, and uh, the match itself, I gave it one star. Okay, what did you do? Rick Martel comes out to the precursor to the Val Venus music. Yeah. 
I don't know if you caught that. He Very was, similar. He, he was spraying the arrogance in the air. Yeah, he sprayed with his, uh, he came out with the sunglasses, right? Oh my god, I love it. I love everything about it. I gave the match a two out of five. I actually enjoyed it. Okay. I like Tatanka uh, in this match. Uh, he's really show- showcasing how much of a powerhouse he was. And that, so that was another thing. Tatanka had a lot of strength. Oh, yeah. And you don't got to be seven feet tall to be a powerhouse. I mean, this guy, he didn't look that tall to me, and he's throwing all the, he was throwing uh, Ricky Martel around the ring. Yeah. I mean, you know, not to come into modern time, but look at Cesaro. Cesaro obviously just left WWE, but guarded as one of the strongest men in WWE history. He literally lifted the big show and threw him out of the ring. Yeah. That's some no. fucking strength. He used to spin guys around like they were oh. nothing and toss. God, it was ridiculous. All right. So we go from one big guy to two big guys. Uh, the <laughs> next match on the card is basically if Mark and I were a tag team, this would be us. <laughs> it's natural disasters. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Money Inc. Honestly. I'm earthquake, by the way. Uh, are you? Okay, I'll give you Typhoon. All right, I'm, I'm down for it. Uh, hold on. Can I say something real quick? Hello? You're cutting out. Here? There you go. Okay. Sorry, guys. So, tag team title match. Uh, IRS and DiBiase were tag team title champions at this time. What was your take on the Natural Disasters tag team? Honestly. I really could care less about them. (laughs) I I, I didn't give a shit about this match. I was just like, you know what? And I don't want to shit all over it because I had fun with it. Okay. But... He, this is one of the matches on the card that when everybody came out, not one person in the crowd gave a fuck. No, they didn't. And that was the I shame mean, of it. It was a shame. You know, and I was like, wow, I'm listening to the crowd. I'm like, nobody gives a shit about this match. And you know what? Neither did I. I was trying. I was trying to. So but- we were talking just before we started the podcast with our wonderful friend, Tom. About him saying how amazing Ted DiBiase was and how he was so over. Granted, yes, there was definitely a time frame where Ted DiBiase... And again, Ted DiBiase was the top heel in WWE for an extended period of time. But this is a time where he wasn't. But what he was and what he always was, was one of the best in-ring workers in the business. And what I loved about this match more than anything was these two guys, Mike Rotunda, IRS, and Ted DiBiase, working with two gigantic fucking behemoths. These yeah. aren't small guys. No, they're huge, man. What are they, 400 pounders? Each. Over, four, over 400. And you have <laughs> DiBiase and IRS working with them and making this match as good as they could. Right, as as good as they can get it. You know, that's what but, I'm saying. So this wasn't a, a typical five star match by any stretch of the imagination. I, gave I hated it, the end. Another I, shit. Another shit ending. I, to I love this ending because I love yeah. this heel ending. It's your typical heel roll out of the ring. I'm going to get counted out, but keep my tag titles shit heel ending. And I love oh, everything about it. I hate it so much. I gave it. I sh- watched. I mean, imagine. All right. I'm saying it's highly unlikely. Go ahead. But let's say you came here to see this match only. As a fan. Why the fuck would I come here for this fucking I'm just... You you wouldn't. (laughs) But I'm just... (laughs) I'm just saying, hypothetically, you come to WrestleMania, this is the match you've been waiting all night for, and that's the ending that they give you. That piece of shit ending where they just walk out, get counted out. I was like, this is WrestleMania we're talking about here. I think this is like the second or third match that had such a shit ending at this WrestleMania. A lot of these matches had really shitty endings. Um, I love this heel end. Like, this heel finish to me, yes, it's used very often, but it it still works because you know what it is? It saves and protects the baby face because w- let's be honest, you're either putting the title belts on the natural disasters, which probably at this time they didn't want to do, but they wanted to protect the natural disasters and they didn't want to crush and destroy money Inc. at the same time. How do you do that? You have the fucking bullshit count out. Yes. It, it's a cheap way of doing it, but guess what? Sometimes it works. It worked for you. It didn't work for me. That's fine. That's what would <laughs> what, you give the match by the way? I gave it a, I think I gave it a one out of five. Okay, I gave it a two out of five. 
So we're 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 there together. You know, we're just one. We're one. We're star not far off. apart. You're right. Not giving it a five. I'm giving it a one. <laughs> Please, for the love of God, no. <laughs> uh, speaking of a five star match, oh my, God. our second to last match of the night: Owen Hart versus. <laughs> what a what a shame! Oh like, what is this? God. I gave this zero stars. I would have given this negative stars if I was a douchebag. <laughs> This, I gave it zero stars also. This was a waste <laughs> of a match slot. This was a waste of Owen Hart. This was like, first of all, Skinner spits in his face. I wanted to vomit right then and there. They don't even get a they don't even get a uh a intro. <sighs> They're just in the ring. I, all, I, I'm like watching this and I'm I forgot how the match went because this is such a forgettable match and I probably will forget this match right after the podcast is over anyways and I'm like oh how does this match start and Spitter goes and I'm like <laughs> literally what, what I wrote down was zero out of five stars garbage match really nothing to say about it it just kind of started then it ends it, it's <laughs> I mean, we talk about bullshit finishes. Like, granted, Owen Hart was showing off his agileness and did, you know, the, I forgot, the skinning the cat of coming back over the ropes and then the roll-up win on Skinner. Man, it was bad from beginning to end. This is the best end. they could give him, though? This, this, this was the best match they could give him at WrestleMania? Okay, first of all, I am all for putting people on WrestleMania card to give them a match at WrestleMania. This is a match where it's like, you don't need this. Let's just get rid of this. <laughs> I, I would have been fine with giving Hogan five more fucking minutes if we got rid of this shit. Please, I, I give me Hogan dancing when he comes out <laughs> for five minutes straight over this match. I would have been okay with an additional five minute Hogan entrance, playing the song six times on loop, hitting me with a guitar solo. Oh. I don't care. Rick Derringer like, coming out of nowhere. <laughs> Vincent Man singing. I'm a real. I'm American. a real American. Yeah, I would have been so into that over this match. All right. We got it, Mark. We got one more match. You ready? Let's go. Boy, uh, can I just mention how much I love that Sid promo in the beginning? Both of them. I was going to say, man, like Sid, <laughs> that's my my saving grace for this match. Let's put it that way. Yeah, hands down. Sid was on another level. And here's the best part. Babyface Sid was shit. Sid Justice <laughs> was nothing. This was the precursor to Psycho Sid. And if you listen to the commentary, they're really laying into the Psycho Sid thing. Um, I think when he's coming out, Bobby Hina goes, man, if you want to talk about somebody that needs a straight jacket, there you go. And they're yeah. really laying into the Psycho Sid thing. I love when he's getting interviewed and he goes, I don't care. <laughs> what, Amazing. Uh, what really bothered me is I feel like we would have had something special with Sid if he didn't love softball so much. Right. I know. Oh, that bothers me severely because I can't tell you how much I love Sid. I love Sid here. I love Sid when he came back and destroyed Shawn Michaels. All I, of I'm it. A, I'm a Sid guy, man. I'm all for I, it, man. I liked him in 96 and 97 a lot. And the power bomb that he did was amazing. Yeah. Oh, great. God. I, you know what? Uh, I gave this match a two out of five. Because I hate another shit ending, by the way. I hated yeah. the ending in this. Well, we're going to talk about the ending in a couple seconds, but yeah. And you know what? They, they, all, all Hogan matches at this time is basically them setting up for the Hulk comeback. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just like, but Sid still looks strong throughout the match, too. Sid really carried this entire match. Yeah, I agree. It, it was literally Sid working such a great heel job. Just destroying, I, I think at one point, I don't even know if it was a camera or not, but Sid takes Hogan to the outside and whaps him with something. It looked like a camera. It might have been a camera. It also looked like somebody's wallet. I don't know what it was. <laughs> oh, no, it was like a little bag. No, I don't know what it was, man. And, and, we, and we didn't know what was in it. No. It could have been nothing, but he made it look, he made it look like it was a fucking, like an atom bomb. Oh, my and, God. Oh. Speaking of atom bomb. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um. So... Hogan obviously stepped away after this for a little bit because of the whole steroid scandal. And you can see it in this pay-per-view, but you can really see it when he comes back. His size diminishes, like, severely, because guess what? He wasn't chewing his fucking vitamins anymore. That's why. <laughs> wow. But 
but yeah, so wow. uh, but obviously Hogan steps away, comes back just in time for WrestleMania nine, steals the spotlight from Bret Hart. It's all great. It's all well, pointless, pointless having WrestleMania nine, but we'll save that for another. I was going to say, I really because I will literally go off on WrestleMania nine. One of my favorite and, and worst WrestleManias. We will, um, we will do that. All right. Uh, so obviously such a bullshit botched ending. Hated he, it. Here's the problem. Papa Shango forgot his fucking cue. And now, first of all, you forget your cue. That's one thing. You forget your cue and you have to walk 600 fucking miles to get to the ring because it's the world's largest fucking entranceway. That's a whole nother fucking story. Uh, man. Sid kicked out of the goddamn leg drop. <laughs> they didn't know what the fuck to do. So Harvey Whippleman's on the fucking apron. Hogan's now, you know, staring down Harvey Whippleman. Papa Shango struggles to get to the fucking ring. He's all windy. He's like, I'm coming, guys. I'm coming. Yeah, just wait, just wait, I'll be right there. I'll like, be right there. I think you literally saw him like chuck the turkey leg that he was fucking eating from uh, catering uh, to the side as he was hobbling down the goddamn aisle. It then was... you got that shit ending, and then Warrior comes out to a huge pop. It was a huge, huge pop. pop. As huge of a pop but as it was. he looks so weird. He looks so strange here. <laughs> so I go Warrior looking like somebody's mom on Brazzers with that haircut. <laughs> Wasn't there a rumor when he came at, uh, back at this time that it wasn't the real warrior? Yeah, that was a rumor. But It was the fake warrior or something like that? But the problem was, again, another guy that had to stop chewing his fucking vitamins. So he was a lot smaller. I don't know what he did with his fucking hair. He had like some type of like perm going on. <laughs> it was so bad. But sadly enough, even the warrior couldn't save that bullshit ending. Like, as but I, will, I will say Hogan is hugely over here. Well, yeah. Even though the buy rate's down, I mean, but he's getting a huge ovation here. Absolutely. Even though I'm rooting for Sid. <laughs> I'm rooting for Sid personally. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people were. But what happens is that a WrestleMania... So here's what happens. Because I was part of it. I went to WrestleMania 35. I'm in the crowd. My friends know that I hate Hulk Hogan. And this was probably the greatest moment of the night for them, at least. I dislike Hulk Hogan to an immense magnitude. <laughs> WrestleMania 35, Alexa Bliss comes out. She's the host of WrestleMania. And we probably will talk about 35 just A, because I was there and B, because it is a monumental WrestleMania. Alexa Bliss comes out and she talks about how she wants to create a WrestleMania moment. She snaps her fingers and Hulk Hogan's theme song hits. Let me tell you something. Somebody that will sit there and bitch about how much he hates Hulk Hogan, me, will tell you about how much Hulk Hogan sucks and about how much Hulk Hogan is the worst wrestler in the world, became a five-year-old Hulkamaniac in that fucking split second. And I started screaming my ass off for Hulk Hogan. I didn't give a fuck. It was the greatest moment of my life. Like, because right, so you sold out. I sold the fuck out. You and I don't sold give, out. I don't give two fucks about it because here's the thing. You hear that song, it hits you somewhere. That theme song, you're full of shit. <laughs> you're swear, full of there, shit. I would have been like, boo! Boo <laughs> about the arena. Dude, listen, my friend looks at me and goes, dude, you're cheering for Hogan. I was like, yeah, dude, I can't boo. Like, I, I can't, like, I physically cannot do it. No, give me the voodoo child and all that. I would have went nuts. Oh, yeah. It well, comes after that. Come on. That's different, though. Like, that's a whole different Hogan. This is, like, old school you know, because you didn't get to experience that as a kid. I mean, we didn't go to WrestleManias back in like, you know, 89 and 91. Oh, I wish. But that's what I'm saying. But I got to experience that live. And I was like, you know what? Let's just fucking go with it. And I just started cheering for Hulk Hogan. But it was a once it was a one time thing. It, it, it was like when you, you know, you take a drug and you realize, fuck, I really fucked up just now. You snap out of it real quick. It's because you're weak, Michael. I am weak. Okay. I got I got weak <laughs> knees. Yes. My my knees are weak and my arms are heavy. <laughs> I'm spaghetti. Yeah. Spaghetti, spaghetti. Yeah. All right. We've already said our match of the night was Piper versus Bret Hart. That is correct, right? Well, I had I had two. Go ahead. It was the Piper, Bret, and then Flair and Macho. Flair. I was going to say, if it wasn't Piper, Flair, it was definitely... Uh, those Ma Those are the ones that I... Oh, my will, God, I said Piper, I'll, Flair again. I, I'll watch from this paper over and over again. Yeah. No, I agree. And apparently that eight-man tag because it was amazing to you. No, I didn't say it was amazing. I just said I had fun with it. It was fun, man. It was. Come on. No, again, it was. But it just it, for me, I'm looking for something more. And again, it was what it was, that match. It was a send-off for a lot of those guys. That's what I mean. It was fun. Yeah. It was like, you know, it's cool. Yeah. Um, overall, what would you give the pay-per-view? Uh, I gave it a two out of five. I said overall shit wrestling. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I, I guess I broke the rule here. I didn't even realize I did it. I put two and a half out of five, so I'll just go two out of five also. Okay. 
Very subpar, but not the worst WrestleMania. Let's You're not going to give it a three for nostalgic reasons? I can't, man. Like, it's got two great matches out of nine. Two I out of that's, nine. That's, I mean, let, last night I, I watching it, and I'm like, <laughs> he fucking loves this WrestleMania. I do and love it. Sucks. I do. But here's the thing the opening match. Still a solid match. I, I can watch that match anytime. You think that was a good match? I do, honestly. I, I think it was it, off. It was a great opener. Um, Actually, I had a little bit of a... I forgot to mention this. I had a little bit of facts from that. That was actually Shawn Michaels' third WrestleMania opener match and his first as a singles competitor. But from Shawn Michaels, though, you don't expect a little more. I know you're saying he's a Not heel. at that I point. That. Not at this point. I didn't expect much out of him, and I feel like Tito ran the match. I feel like it was Tito's match to have, and Shawn Michaels was there to learn. Well, I put that in my notes, that Tito stole the show here, but yeah. he's the veteran. Exactly. There you go. So, you know, that's why. All right, guys. WrestleMania 8 in the books. Um, It's our road to WrestleMania a couple weeks now. We're going to be doing WrestleMania... Well, we did WrestleMania 8, I'm sorry. Next week and coming up, we got WrestleMania 17, 18, and 19. We're doing all three of those in a row. We're going to have our friend Tom on, I think, for 19, right? I believe so, yeah. yeah. So Tom's going to come on do WrestleMania 19 with us. Then we're going to 24 and 31. Um, 17, 18, and 19, we decided that we were going to pick each pick three WrestleManias. This was my pick. Obviously, Mark is picking 17, 18, and 19. I picked 24 and 31. I went a little bit more modern with it only because I there's a lot of things that I want to talk about on those WrestleManias. Um, and especially because they were part of my adult fandom of WrestleMania and wrestling. So I haven't had a chance to really dive into those yet. And I really hope Mark enjoys those WrestleManias, especially 31. That's actually one of my favorite WrestleManias of all time. I hope I do too. I hope you don't put me through the shit you put me through with this one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, Mark, you got anything for the fans? Fan? Oh, I probably should just, say fan. Uh, I'm really looking forward to reviewing 17 because it's my favorite. That's my personal favorite. 17 is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be together because we're going to a convention in Jersey. Uh, so we're going to be recording that live together. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Our girlfriends are going to watch how stupid we are live in person. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably going to fucking complain about us on their own. There's going to be a lot of yelling during that one yeah. and maybe some crying. I think I th- <laughs> I um, let's just put it this way. If Mark or myself don't make the other one cry during that episode, <laughs> something's wrong because I'm going to give a take that I know Mark is going to either throw something and we're going to have to pay the hotel to like redo an entire floor. Or well, something. To me, that was like the finale to an amazing show. At yeah. 17 WrestleMania, and I'm just like, well, even when I think about it, man, I'm just like, wow, it's really sad mm-hmm. <laughs> the way it ended. I know. I know. You know. All right, guys, we will catch you on the flip side. Thank you for listening. As always, guys, give us a like, give us a share, um, comment on our stuff. We, I'm actually seeing a couple comments, Mark. I don't know if you did on our YouTube channel. Um, our YouTube is actually getting some traffic right now, so keep spreading the word for us, guys. Uh, we love the fandom. We got fans in Germany. We got fans in Israel right now. Um, Please hit me up on uh, Twitter. I, I basically run the Twitter page, so yes, he does. hit me up on there. Any questions or any episodes you'd like to see, let us know. Yeah, we would love feedback from you guys in any way, shape, or form. Tell me and Mark that we're assholes. We love it. We yeah. love hearing that shit. Say you hate my voice. Yeah. Tell me, Mike, you know, you love Mike's, whatever. I don't care. No, tell me I'm a piece of shit. I don't care. I get it all the time. <laughs> I don't give a fine fuck. All right, guys. It's been a great night. It's been great talking about one of the best WrestleManias of all time. Have a good night, everybody. For uh, for now, this is Mike. This is Mark. And we're good friends, but better enemies. Thank you, guys. Where's the see ya? See ya. <laughs> when you have to beg for it, it's not the same. Yeah, I know. I hate begging for everything. I thought that was going to be our new send-off. Which one? <laughs> Just me saying, you know, better enemies. Yeah, but you always do the see ya. That's why I was like, you know. All right. I'm just saying, you know, if, if I have to beg you for it, it's like when, when you're like, dude, just put it in your mouth. I'm like, listen, if you have to beg me for it, it's not going to do it. You never have to beg me for that. <laughs> <laughs> this is the gimmick. Oh, all right. Are we going to review Little Monsters one day? Why do you do this every fucking show? You go I don't, dude, I woke show? up. I, dude, I was at work, and yeah. I, I, I was at work, and I was miserable, and I was like, you know what makes me happy? Thinking about movies, I want to talk about <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to message Mike and Tara at 7 o'clock in the morning. Your phone was off, right? My phone? 
did. Like, the sound was off. Did I wake you guys up? I was driving. She was probably just waking up for work. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, because I was like, why would they have their phone on?